Hello, I'm Cardi. And I'm Ali. And welcome back to another episode of Creative Corporates. Today, we're going to be doing the rundown of the business case for prioritizing self-care and getting rid of the concept that I don't have time for this to increase productivity. So what that encompasses is talking about actually making time for exercise, considering meditation and knowing how to control your emotions in high pressure situations. We're going to debunk what the 100% rule is and we're also going to talk about how important sleep is in your daily routine. So Ali, did you want to share with us some of your insights about how that's been helpful for you? Yes, absolutely. So this was my requested topic for the moment. We're all spending a lot more time inside, spending a lot of time with ourselves, with our roommates, maybe our partners or our families. And it so happens though that it turns out that the extra time that you might have saved from not commuting naturally then becomes extra work time. So I have really taken this time to think about how am I going to make sure that I'm maintaining a good self-care routine um, and ways in which we can do that. Now, the biggest focus for me was really I've always said I don't have time to look after myself. I don't have time for the yoga ladies. I don't have time to, you know, go for the walk, go outside. You know, I'm too busy. And something Cardi and I have spoken about before is, is it I don't have time or is it it's not a priority? So today we really wanted to talk about why it's so important to take care of yourself um, and some of the frameworks we've kind of found to be useful. So one thing there is I definitely know for an extended period of time, pretty much all my life up until this year, um, I have avoided um, or not seen the importance of exercising. But I realise now that if I don't prioritise my health, that that actually leaves me less productive because if I'm working efficiently, for example, for, say, you know, five days of the week, right, but then I get to Saturday and Sunday and I need to sleep in and pretty much have complete time off where I'm not doing anything productive at all, even by a way of socialising, then that actually means that I'm not being productive overall because the time that I've spent in those five days ends up being less. If, for example, I'm trying to get X amount of hours of sleep, let's say I get six hours of sleep during the week because I think that, you know, I really want to wake up super early um, to start my day fresh, you know, I've just got, I'm just so busy during the week that I only can get six hours in. But if on the weekends you end up having to sleep in, even if it's just, for example, an extra hour or so, that eats up the five days that you think you saved of being more productive during the week on your sleep. So the whole point there is, it catches up with you. And so that's the same with your health across the board. 
is if you're getting to a stage where you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to find that you're going to get sick and you're going to get you going you're going to burn out. And so if you can manage that process much better by doing small increments of you know exercise, which in my case might just be my 5,000 steps. But the concept is I'm getting outdoors, I'm getting a bit of vitamin D, getting a bit of more fresh oxygen, whatever it is. Um, but it's the concept of doing that and being able to have fresh eyes on a piece of work that allows me to be more productive for an extended period of time just by taking and forcing myself to take a small break because you do have to make the time to allow yourself to be more productive. Absolutely. And that concept is really around sleep debt. So that idea, you know, there is good debt and there is bad debt and then there is also sleep debt. So we as human beings, unfortunately, our human form does require us to recharge our batteries and the perceived idea that you might be operating on less sleep is a good thing. You know, hustle culture really promotes that, you know, if you want to um, be ahead of your competition. You've got to, you know, spend less hours sleeping and really focusing on that. Something that I'm really learning and have actually done over the last year is get more sleep. I remember last time in lockdown, I really made the conscious effort to try and at least have a more balanced sleep schedule. One thing that I found really helpful was just waking up at the same time every day. So it doesn't matter what time you go to bed, but wake up the same day. Um, Ariana Huffington's Thrive is something I'm rereading at the moment and she's got the most quotable reference. She recommends women sleep their way to the top by saying that you should spend the extra hours sleeping because it's better for your success. She uses this as an example in her own career and there's a really incredible talk with her and Cheryl Stanberg um, that we'll link in the show notes as well that really focused on them emphasizing that the biggest career mistakes they made was when they were sleep deprived. I think that says volumes around why actually taking the time that you think is unproductive in sleeping pays itself better. I find that when I'm working on an important document, just going to bed and not sending it that late night, waking up in the morning and doing a fresh set of eyes sense check is really valuable. Um, similar to Cardi around this time last year, when we're working from home and I was saving a bit of money, I invested that in a personal trainer and I found that phenomenal, mainly because I think part of the reason we don't want to exercise is because it's another thing I have to think about. So I was able to outsource that thinking and I ended up being the fittest of my life was kind of the period just after lockdown, when we were all working from home, you know. I was doing boxing, I was doing weightlifting, and I saw a material difference in my stamina to be able to deliver at work. So that was really helpful. I appreciate that not everyone can afford a personal trainer, but I heard that the YouTube also has some good fitness videos. So even if you're setting aside that time, whack it on for free. There's plenty of free resources. I did a Barry's workout that's on IGTV that was live just to get your heart rate up because you're going to end up stimulating your brain. And that's why we're really saying there is a business case for self-care. The other side of the coin to all of this is that whilst you can take as many steps as possible to ensure 
that you are at your best every day by maintaining a consistent schedule and a routine which includes things that you value like self-care or that you need to value to be successful, you're still going to find there are going to be days where you're not at 100%. But the reality of the situation is you don't have to be at 100%. But what you do need to do is you need to work out how to communicate that so you can still be operating in a team environment at 100. So by way of example, I stole this, or I should say it was inspired by Brene Brown when she shed light on the fact that in a family unit, you are working in a partnership with your partner. And so this is the same in a work context as well, that if you're having a hard day and you've gone, it's just too hard, you need to communicate that to your other half and say, look, I'm at 20% today. Where are you at? Do a check-in. And they might say, you know what? I'm at 80%. That's fantastic. All right. Well, that makes us 100. And so for that day, that person might take on a little bit of extra work. Or on the flip side, you might go, I'm at 20%. The other half will say, you know what? I'm at 50. And so look, you're only at 70% then. So what are you going to do to make up that 30%? Well, you've got to come to an agreement and you go, well, can, is there something that we can outsource just for us to get over the line? And so in her example, in, the, in a family unit, she said, well, that might involve, you know what, we might need to get takeaway tonight. And you know what, the kids' activities, maybe they just don't need to go to all of the activities today because it's just too much unless we can get someone um, to help Um, help them attend those activities or if there's a way of doing that online. But if that allows us to get to 100%, that's the goal. And so if you do that in a work environment too, that is a fantastic way to communicate, to say, you know what, I'm at breaking point, (laughs) Um, but this is a deliverable that needs to go out. This is as much as I can do. Is there any way that we can outsource or get someone that does have time to contribute to the copy or the graphics or whatever it is um, so that we can get that out. And by way of communicating that to another party allows for people to work with you better because they know that you're being honest in a situation where you're really struggling, but it gives them the confidence that they can do that too. And so that's a really comfortable environment that you want to be operating in where you can be your 100% self and know that at any given time, you're going to be working with a 100% team because everyone wants to get to that common goal of delivering something that's going to be at 100%. Every single time you explain this concept, I am blown away by how simple but how effective it is. It's a really good way to authentically check in, to build a team, to foster a better relationship wherever that might be and allows you, as you know, my favourite kind of flavour at the moment is to be outcome focused. Why I think this is important in lockdown is because people are having different experiences. So it really allows you as a team to kind of cater towards, you know, who's got a bit more time now, who's got care responsibilities that they really need to work through, how are you going to deliver as a team, with these constraints without getting to the end and going, well, we lost Jerry. You know, he's no longer on the project. He had to go. 
you know, you want to win as a team and you want to be part of that team because when people have stepped in when you're at 30%, then when you're at 70% and someone else is at 30, you're going to give back. So it can only lead to better outcomes. You know, I've been really fortunate a lot of the time. I've always had a, a person that I can rely on. Like, you know, I have, I have Cardi and I have my partner at home. Um, and we've really adopted this process and it's been a really healthy way to make sure that over the long term we can maintain good health. I have nothing more to add other than I would strongly recommend you try it. Try and implement it. The Brene Brown framework is fantastic and let us know how you go. Now, the last one that I wanted to touch on is one that everyone raves on about. It's meditation. I remember for a period of time I tried to implement it And I struggled a little bit. And I think that's because in the early mornings, I thought, oh, let's try and do meditation. I used to try and do it in bed, but I thought that was actually an opportunity for a sleep in, it turns out. Um, So I've learned for me that it's not very effective at that period of time when I'm actually physically in bed. Um, But I am aware that it is really valuable for many others um, when they actually get into the setting. And I know it's something that you implement and I try to at night. Do you mind shedding some light on your experience with why you've implemented it and how you found it beneficial to to improve your workday? Absolutely. So I too have often tried meditating lying down in my bed and somehow that just, I just wake up an hour later, I'm like, wow, what a meditation. So first thing would be don't meditate in your room. The whole point is meditate somewhere where you're sort of sitting upright and a lot of those guided meditations say you know, sit upright or sit in you know cross your legs and the whole purpose of that is you want to be calm but not so relaxed that you tune out because the purpose of meditation and I think a big misconception is it's easy it's just sitting there a lot of people go I can't sit there because I'm just thinking all the time a lot of people who are in advanced stages of meditation say it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be sitting with yourself and that discomfort and the discipline of doing that means that you are better to, you're practicing managing discomfort so that when actual discomfort arises, you can handle it with a level of calm and clarity. It's no surprise that we are often leading busy lives and you might not be able to do that half an hour or extended meditation. But even taking 10 minutes for yourself to just sit still, I find that a guided meditation early on helps outsource because someone's driving it and helping you conceptualize that. Sitting with yourself in that time just allows you to reset and making sure that you're starting the day with the right mindset. And that means when things hit the fan, as it often does, you're able to stay calm, stay in control. So we don't meditate to feel relaxed, you know, though that's a positive um, outcome. We meditate so that when things go wrong, you can tune into that and address that calmly. And so one way I've now tried to implement it, and I have found it helpful, is on your recommendation of Joe Dispenza, um, who I now love, is what he emphasises is it's the breathing. Because I think when once you start your day, 
you're operating, you know, to just manage your time and get through the day. And so you don't have a moment to just sit down and honestly just take a breath, keep calm and think clearly. And sometimes when you do just that, you speak better and you make better decisions. And so actually learning how to breathe properly with your whole body to have that engaged is what allows you to convey all of that. And really, I think that's what meditation promotes or that's what it's doing for me. So that I think that's really valuable and it's enough for me to be able to see that I do need to make the time for it to allow me to make better business decisions. So with that in mind, I'd be really intrigued to hear about other people's experiences as well, whether they've tried meditation, um, to what extent do they do it, and what's been the outcomes for them. Same with sleep, exercise, and other sorts of self-care. What are you doing? Um, Let's share it with us all um, in the community to see are there bits and pieces that we can all hook into. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us for another episode on Creative Corporates. Keep sleeping, keep breathing, and we're keen to get you to 100%. As always, you can follow us on our socials at Creative Corporates on Instagram. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you there. See you next time.